A little hot. Oh, turn down to sexy. Hey. Testing, testing, Whoa. testing. One, two, three. What do you think, David? There we yeah. go. Yeah. There oh, we go. Same. Yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome. <laughs> Welcome Whoa. to Triflex Cast. Welcome to the podcast that we do on a bi-weekly basis, breaking down things in our industry. What's the industry? filmmaking creative entrepreneurship all that stuff but why is that why do we get to talk about that because we own a creative media studio based in columbus indiana we do like websites mainly videos almost entirely videos we do some photography you know do some advertising some marketing a little bit of all that so we see a lot of things and when we see a lot of things we learn a lot of things and those are things we'd like to share with you today cole <laughs> I kept thinking you were asking me questions throughout that process, and then you just answer yourself. You're like, what do we do? And I'm like, oh, and you're like, and? Yeah. Well, I've learned not to give you softball answers anymore because you give me one-word responses. I was going to try to do better tonight, and you didn't give me the opportunity, so now I'm sad. Well, you know, maybe you're allowed to improve. Yeah, you, you got to <laughs> earn your improvement. That's fine. All right. It's on. So what are we talking about today? I think what? last time we talked about... Ending on Neanderthals. Neanderthals, yeah. Neanderthals. What does that have to do with the filmmaking industry? <laughs> Are you sure you want to ask me that question? Mm. No, it has nothing to do with the film industry. It was just a riff. It, it was just a riff because you said, what are we going to talk about next time? And we had nothing planned for next time. So and I said... Actually, Neanderthals... Oh, here we go. We're the first. Hey, hold on. Before you say this, he had to look, look it up. He didn't know what a Neanderthal <laughs> was. I had to tell him. Okay, I, I took, um, uh, now I don't remember the class, uh, anthropology. I took anthropology in college, so I aced that course, by the way. And that's relevant to filmmaking because? Because education is important. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not, yeah. Well, because right, knowledge helps to construct a story. How about this? Rule of thirds, anthropology, let's go. All right, David, Boom. switch to a shot of you right now. All right, you see David, you see his face? He's, we're doing something called rule of thirds. Now, in anthropology, the thing above the shoulders and the neck is called the head. And then rule of thirds, we want at the center, we want that subject <laughs> to be a third over in the shot. See, anthropology is useful for filmmaking. Boom, Neanderthals had heads, it's all related. It's all connected. I learned what a head was. Today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. Yeah, that was free. <laughs> if you were... Next one cost money. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> we actually do have an outline for today. We uh, do. Because the way we do it is throughout the week, we use a piece of software called Trello. And we talked about that last time. And so listen to that episode if you want more information. Yeah. Listen to that if you want to learn about project management. Yes. Well... We just, we use this little piece of software and we, we write outlines for our podcast the week leading up to it. And anytime we got an idea and we're like, Hey, let's talk about this. We just add it to that list. And now we're going to go through some of those things with you today. Starting with NFTs, non fungible T's, <laughs> non fungible <laughs> transactions. Hey. <laughs> uh, now, can you what, tell me what, yeah. what that means? Oh, I would love to, but I don't really know. Last week, we talked about Dogecoin, Bitcoin, and a little bit of crypto art. All of those things, I believe, run on a system called NFTs or non-fungible transactions, and that's a public ledger. So it's very, it runs off of, we, so we talked about blockchain, so we won't get into the details of that, but it runs off of that basic system of... Uh, Bitcoin's the one I'm going to use. Obviously, it's based on all of all of the different platforms, but yeah. that Bitcoin blockchain platform is what this is based on. NFT is specifically 
the part that is you can you know, there's there's an original actual piece of something that is digital and that c- continues to get like tracked as it goes from owner to owner so like mm. if tristan here makes a video mm. and he goes you know what i want to sell this online instead of going oh i'm going to sell this and he puts it up and someone just copies it over and over again and mm-hmm. no one knows the difference between his version and everybody else's tristan can go on and use a process called minting mm-hmm. And that is where you would actually take that piece of digital content and turn it into your original artwork that is online and purchasable, but it is trackable. So mm-hmm. Tristan is the original owner that will never change. Um, so once he puts that up, everyone will see that Tristan Watkins, he owns that piece and That's he can fine. sell it to John Smith and it'll show that second ownership is John Smith. That's his now. Yeah. And that goes down the line. So it's just like, trading physical goods Mm -hmm. but there's that ledger online that shows this is where it came from this is who owns it now and the other cool part about that is whether it's a piece of music or a graphic art or you know a video or maybe it's an asset uh, whatever it might be if you sell it the first time you can actually attach a commission to it Mm -hmm. and every time you every time it gets sold down the chain Mm -hmm. it's like first time you'll make 100 percent of your profit and then the second time it gets sold when you're not involved, you still could make a, you know, whatever percentage that you pick for a commission. Mm-hmm. So as that good gets sold on down the line, you make a commission every time. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it's, it's just a really cool way to be able to sell things online that are in limited quantities. Yeah. So last week we brought this up because of the idea of crypto art and real brief crypto art is just the idea of you create digital art. And right now, anybody, like you said, could copy paste it and steal it for the most part uh and then nfts he was just uh after that podcast you did a little bit of research on your own and you came to the understanding of nfts and how that worked uh so you're just breaking down the the backbone of crypto art and a lot of other non-fungible transactions that occur and that like you said that could be a number of things uh whether it's actually art or assets and assets are just tools that like digital tools that you would use to make something the old, the, and the part of it that I thought was really cool. So we, I don't know if we talked about this on the last one, but there's a DJ that sold experience packages, um, plus his new album specifically on that platform, which from what I understand, um, there's multiple different websites that you can view this content on. Mm -hmm. So there's different libraries and all, of course it's just sourcing from that market. Uh, but it gives you the ability to buy from there. And he just put out like, you know, Hey, you can do like a backstage experience or you can come to my house or whatever. And there were, there were all these levels of things that he had. And then like a limited quantity of his album, Mm -hmm. he, he raked in like a cool $11 million off of this. Yeah. Just cool. Yeah. Just done. So, cause there's, there's like a, you know, there's this like mystique around it where people, you know, there is no like market to be able to go, Oh, this should cost this. And mm-hmm. so everybody's going, oh, okay, well, whatever, like this is a big deal and I'm going to try to invest now thinking it might be worth money later on, mm-hmm. but there's no like, Guaranteed. there's no price. No, there's just, there's, I mean, you don't know where it's going to go because it's still so new. Right. People are going, oh, I don't know. This album could be worth $500. They slap a price on it mm-hmm. and people buy it because it's cool and new. Yeah. Well, I think with the album, that means if someone- Exclusivity. Um, yeah. You're the only person that gets to listen to artist music. Yep. That's crazy. This feels, it feels like Supreme, but for nerds. Yeah. No, for sure. Cause think about it. It's like how, I mean, this goes back <laughs> to anything like, like Louis Vuitton. What makes it popular? I mean, what's part of it, right? It's the exclusivity of it. 
Yeah. It's to be able to say, I have something that a limited number of people have. Right. And I think that's the draw of it, you mm-hmm. know, is to say, hey, you know, I bought this album and yeah, I blew a ton of money on it, but I'm one of five people that own it. Yeah. I mean, I just... Guess, yeah. I guess that's like why I don't see the draw to it because I don't understand Supreme. It was like, why would I pay $2,000 for a brick or a crowbar? Yeah. Or like whatever, you know, the... Whatever they slap their logo on that week. Yeah, but like, but it's yours and there's like a limited amount. So, I, I don't know. It's... That's, I think that just goes to show how much disposable income none of us have. Right. <laughs> well, even if I had it, I wouldn't use it yeah. necessarily on that. I mean, maybe if it's an artist like you really like or really believe in and yes. oh, one day they'll make it and then it's like an investment. Sure. That's happening a lot. Yeah. But I mean, there are certain artists that I just really appreciate and it's like, well, there's only 10 of these going to get released and if I could have that it would mean a lot to me, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's just little things like that, that I, I, I could see value in, even though it's not necessarily what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it has more future possibilities than anything. Um, mm-hmm. now the market's got to kind of like figure itself out, see where price points need to be set, where, you know, where's your entry level and where are your big buyers at? I mean, it's about figuring out what that market looks like. And then I think mm-hmm. over time we'll see, it'll be a good opportunity for people to be able to sell goods that way. Um, you know, in a way they couldn't, you know, I mean, somebody who makes physical art, it's easy, right? You make a physical art, you know, you Mm -hmm. make a name for yourself and then you sell those pieces and those pieces, you know, have their original, I mean, it lives out in the world, but it's like, how could you do that with somebody who is making Photoshop art for 20 years, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, what do you do? You can't just like, I mean, you could sell somebody a file, but then that file is completely transferable over time and there's no trackability. Mm -hmm. So it, I mean, there's no value to it. Mm. Now we've just added value to that, which is kind of insane. Oh, yeah. Art's changing. Yeah, but it's cool because especially for somebody like us, I mean, if we were able to make something down the line that made sense, you know, I mean, with popularity or, um, you know, some clout behind it, we might be able to, you know. Dude, that David dancing gif. (laughs) The the Christmas gif. Christmas dancing gif. I say we put it up, man. Yeah. I think it costs. Only 10 people can own it. Only 10. Yeah. It does cost money to mint. Yeah. It's like 50 or 60 bucks. Yeah, there's, there's a whole application. Only select people. Like, they, you have to show that you're a dedicated artist or, like, dedicated to something and that yeah. you will continue to bring value to uh, NFTs because the idea of NFTs isn't cheap either. Right. It's very, I don't know, it's difficult to replicate and that's what... Br- helps maintain the value because that's i mean what we talked about like with bitcoin Mm -hmm. it's it's an expensive practice because it requires a lot of uh electricity to run computers to to generate these numbers right yeah or i'm wrong i don't know yeah the the process of like doing bitcoin mining consumes too much energy and it's kind of a big like environmental argument at the moment whether or not it's worth anybody's time. Oh. <laughs> We're just heating That's, up the ozone with all them yeah. GPUs. But it's going to get more efficient. It's going to get better. Why? Mm. Because technology always evolves. And that brings me to what I want to talk about today. Oh. ARM chips. <laughs> ARM is hey. super cool. Why is it cool? Because it's like a normal CPU and a normal computer, but teeny tiny like in your phone. So mm-hmm. the question is, if you, why, why would you use a larger CPU? Because it's more powerful. But what happens if the tiny CPU, the little itty bitty computer, is just as powerful or just as efficient? If it's maybe maybe more efficient than the larger one. 
but then all computers will start to use these little ones and then they'll probably take that technology and apply it to bigger ones and it, it, it just it's a really cool concept that makes electronics more efficient more it's faster mm-hmm. and you can fit it in a smaller profile so last week two weeks ago we talked about phone storage and why 512 gigabytes is stupid and if you need 512 it's because you're bad at data management <laughs> i've been asus, ready for this all day asus rog phone is coming out and it's the second gen and i don't advocate the phone at all but it brought up a really good <laughs> idea that i kind of forgot about it was it was a really big concept about four years ago and that is called docking and it's where you take your phone and you plug it in and you use that as the main hub and you have peripherals like your keyboard and your mouse Mm. and that all goes into this dock and now your phone is the equivalent of a computer and you can like use a bigger monitor and you can use all these things so why would why would anybody need 512 gigabytes well if your phone has an arm processor that is running at comparable speeds to a computer then it's just as good right well, it doesn't have a graphics card. Well, they have external graphics cards. A graphics card is the thing in the computer that helps it uh, process video uh, encoding and doing a lot of other very important things for creative people like us. So you get your external GPU, you plug it in your phone, or actually you plug everything into a dock and you just put your phone in it. That would do all the processing. You could have external storage or you could just have 512 gigabytes installed on the phone. I didn't think this was going to be possible for a very long time because I'm a skeptic. However, (laughs) uh, phones are getting really good considering the same processor that is inside of your iPhone. If you have a new one, it's going to be the same processor that's inside of your MacBook. And MacBooks are really nice. (laughs) So that is interesting. That is my spiel of why phones may not necessarily need more storage but if they get more storage it's not because you're bad at managing things it's because that's going to be the new substitute for your computer so my first question is this tristan and i've been talking he's he wasn't going to give me the details because i knew i was going to debate him so yeah my first question is so like is there has anybody else confirmed so you have confirmation that this rog phone from asus uh it supports external gpu Oh, no, no. Like, I'm not advocating. Like, when I started this, I said the Asus ROG phone is out. Right. And it has docking. And this is a feature other phones have had in the past. It's nothing new. But they designed these phones specifically for gaming. And what does that mean? It just means they overclock their CPU. They, it comes with a cooler that you can put on the back. It's over the top. It just <laughs> It's over the top. Yeah. And that triggered the idea to me is like, oh, people still are pushing for this idea of using their phones for more than just being a phone. Uh, in the same way, we've conv- combined cameras and calculators and art applications and pens, stylus pens, and like we've combined this all into the phone. It's like, well, what's the next thing? Well, maybe it's just bridging the gap between mobile and computer. And that's something we've seen Apple do with uh, their new iOS updates of there, everything that's on the app store for mobile is now accessible for desktop. So there's just a lot of ideas that are out in the ether of the tech industry that to me are just, it's like, it's like a bunch of dots and I'm just trying to connect them and see where they go. Right. So yeah, I guess. So I don't advocate the ROG phone. 
it's it's, it's just the idea of of because it's got i saw that it's got two usb-c ports one on the side and one on the bottom that's cool so that you can mm. which i mean how many phones have we seen come out with a pin set up on one side so you can just dock it moto that i know uh, of. yeah the the moto z mm-hmm. uh, you and andrew I, had them yeah we we went into that and it was i don't know motorola kind of dropped the ball but i yeah. it could have been something great and they just yeah well it's yeah. a really cool system it's not as efficient as a plug-in from what i understand correct like for mm-hmm. for data and energy transfer but it was waterproof right yeah, Those it had pens. water resistance on the back of the pins. Like, you could get it wet and it mm-hmm. wouldn't, like, destroy your phone or anything. Yeah, so instead of... There, there's a couple of, of common practices for uh, charging and data transfer on phones. You'll have, like, the plug in the bottom where you plug in a phone and if you step on it, it'll break off inside. And it's very dated at this point. <laughs> there's the second one it's that true. you like, and that is induction. And that's a little pad... And you put your phone on top and energy is transferred from the pad into the phone and it charges your batteries that way. And then the third one that is less common, but it's still usable is these like pins and they're just like flush one, two, three, four, usually pins that are in a line. And then by putting another piece of electronic with four more pins up against it, it transfers straight through and those pins will be flush to the phone. It helps make it more water resistant, uh, water resistant. Uh, and it is a cool concept, but you don't see too many manufacturers do it. And I assume it's probably just because it's slower charging and slower data yeah. rates. Everything's slower than an actual cable. Mm-hmm. They just can't. There's too much heat with induction. Yeah. They can yeah. need to figure that out. It's like they have to put fans in those chargers if they're above a certain wattage because they can't heat manage. Yeah. And it, heat is one of like the biggest issues with uh, phones right yes, now. Yes, because they're all passively cooled. Yeah, they're, they're, Except for... ROG. ROG phone has fans in it. Yep. (laughs) But it's also like a... That thing is insane. It's overkill. It's... Mm -hmm. It literally has like a... I think it's... I think it's a 2160p screen with like 144 hertz refresh rate. Yes. 18 gigs of RAM. (laughs) It's... 512 gigabytes of storage. It is a computer. Those specs outspec most low-end Macs. It's true. And that's insane. It's... It's true. Probably cost the same amount though. (laughs) So, Samsung, since maybe like... Note nine, mm-hmm. I think, um, which was like three or four iterations ago, they've had um, a secondary part of Android that's called Samsung Dex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dex works the same way as kind of what they're doing. Where um, now it's actually wireless on a lot of the new phones, um, but you can literally plug in a dongle, and then you've got you know your HDMI out um, if you need to have a USB in or whatever for your peripherals, which mm-hmm. most people just use Bluetooth, but it pulls up a specific interface that looks like a, I mean, for better sake of like a comparison, Windows, mm-hmm. where it's got a taskbar and everything. And I actually use that quite a bit. Yeah. What do you use it for? What What is it good for? So, what is it good for? <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I've used it a couple times just for fun on the phone, but where it really comes in handy is I have the, um, the Tab S7 Plus. And it's a it's an iPad Pro equivalent in the Android space mm-hmm. from Samsung. And if you you know normal mode is just like any other iPad or tablet, it's just an enlarged phone interface. Mm-hmm. But if you switch it over to Dex, now you essentially have a windowed computer that you can have multiple apps open. Mm-hmm. You have a taskbar. You know everything works a lot more similar. So that if you need to do productivity, 
You're not like using gestures to swipe through apps. You can have two side by side. You have a file system that you can drag and drop from. Mm-hmm. You know, everything becomes a little bit more accessible on the, you yeah. know. And so that's, it's intended to like replace your laptop? Yes. Or I don't... Not replace, but you know, I mean, it can. It'd be like the, a backup? <laughs> like, oh, I don't have my laptop. The I funny can th- plug in my phone. <laughs> That'll do something at least. I mean, the funny thing is, is like, I think... Let's just use like, for example, like uh, my mom. Uh, So she uses her computer to browse the web, Mm -hmm. answer emails, Mm -hmm. make documents and print stuff. And that's about it. All of which that can be done on your phone or on a tablet. So now you can spend about half as much money with a touchscreen device Mm -hmm. that is all, all contained. And then you can do all those things with not you know the extra headaches of like the things that no one will ever use yep and i'm whether it's windows or or mac you know it's like someone wants to be able to go on hit chrome use it and put it away yeah i mean that's my use case for my phone is i have like three productivity apps that i use and they're the same apps that i have on my computer so for me unless I'm doing a video edit or playing games, those are the only two things that are graphics intensive. If I just had a good CPU in my phone and I could dock, why not? I mean, then you have the option of external monitors. And for a lot of people that work in, uh, was a white collar job, like a place where you go in and you sit at a desk for eight hours a day, whenever COVID's not around, most of the times people have a docking station with a monitor, yes. everything's mm-hmm. there. And all you do is you come in in the morning, you take your laptop, you plug it in, you turn it on and everything is already set up your headphones, your mouse, your keyboard, your monitor. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's USB C, there's really no reason you wouldn't just use your phone. Um, in my opinion, because there's so yeah. little that I use a laptop for that I don't use my phone for as well. well Come with, on. With my experience with <laughs> at least Windows machines and docking stations, like two times, two out of 20 times, one out, one out of 10 times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Big Mac. It would blue screen the computer and I would have to like reboot and do all the crap and sometimes it still wouldn't work or like the Ethernet like wouldn't pick up. Is or, that a specific brand you're, that company you're I, referring to works with? The, not this company that I worked with before, but like the other one I worked for, it was like all Dell stuff. Yeah. I was like, wait, it'll be Dell. Yeah. And you'd like plug it in or like you'd have like the big chunky thing and you go bonk and like put it on the... Got the Dell Latitude work edition. Nah, see, (laughs) my experience is with specifically with HPs and I don't get blue screens with them. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it, I mean, sometimes you will get weird things like ethernet, like the USB-C uh, transfer rate is lower. And then we see that with my Mac occasionally with the dock mm-hmm. system. So like there'll be a bottleneck somewhere, whether that's data or power or something. But yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying this is what the, this is not the present. I'm just saying looking towards the future, right. Oh yeah, CPUs yeah. are going to get more efficient. Put it all in one sure, device yeah. and then you're done. Yeah. You it's carry great. your computer with you. But do you think like maybe it was, do you think it was maybe circumstantial of like that company or because a lot of the companies have a lot of like bloatware on their computers mm-hmm. that kind of impede? It's true. <laughs> it, sure, McAfee wasn't on there. <laughs> I think like the technology, it's just not there yet. But like if you think about it, when, when it comes to like things with computers and phones and stuff, usually Apple's like 
the, the company to be like, all right, we've like perfected it and here you go, you can have it. I don't think they've ever made a dock for their computers, have they? No, they haven't. And I feel like there's something like <laughs> fundamental about the concept of dock. You know why they're not making a dock. Because... Because then they wouldn't be able to sell all those dongles. All those dongles? The dongle oh, life. Oh, man, those dongles. <laughs> I'm sure... I, I'm pretty sure they're... They may not sell it themselves, but there are third parties yeah, for iPhones sure. to, to display three-way cable on a screen. I don't mm. know if it's... There's a difference between replicating and extending a screen, though. So, yes. I, don't, mm. I don't know iPhones. But I know Androids, a lot of, a lot of them have it. And even if they don't, you could root your phone and get an app that does a lot it. of power to do that that's uh that's no like easy thing to do that's just being passively cooled and like making it just do all that extra mm-hmm. stuff i don't i don't know if i trust maybe down the line or whatever but like even the macbook air i don't trust the new macbook air not even having a fan in it i think the i think in the yeah, long run the lifetime it. of it the yeah. fanless will outlast the fan just because of dust. Mm-hmm. I was going to say less mechanical and like yeah. you're not pulling everything in. Yeah, there's I get that. no mechanical at all in the in the non-fan versions. There's yeah. nothing in there moving or turning. And for people, you know, outside of the electronic field, they're I'll like, how does it work? I can spend 20 bucks and replace the fan. That, are, uh, are they using, are they, uh, sorry, currently they're, are they using like heat? tubes or something like copper tubing yeah, or how are they doing similar technology to what they do in like phones it's like just the like vapor chamber pipe. yeah mm. yeah oh that was cool about the asus rog the mm-hmm. cpu is in the center of the phone while most of our phones will be yeah, mine's located. like mine, i think here. mine's down at the bottom as well yeah so the problem with that is all the uh, the way heat dissipation works is the more surface area the more the heat can spread out and it cools mm-hmm. your phone so if it's on the end underneath of your hand, your hand's helping insulate it. There's less surface area for it to spread out through the metals in the back of the phone. But with the Asus, it's in the middle, so it can spread out both ways and your hands are off on the side anyway. So less insulation overall. And that was that was a cool innovation. I don't know if too many companies have done it. And the reason other companies don't do it is because your battery's in your phone. And it's like, think about it. Like this tiny little form factor, you got so many parts, so many That's bells insane. and whistles. Mm-hmm. So their idea was to take the battery and split it in half and put it on each side. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And part of that, I don't know if you saw this or not, depends on what review, which everybody put up a review yesterday. Um, yeah. They, part of why they also split the battery is because they're charging those two batteries in parallel, mm-hmm. which they said will help to prolong the battery life and be able to charge faster. Hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not, obviously I'm not like an electrician, so I don't, um, I, somebody taught me one point, the difference between parallel wiring and the other one, but it's, there's a benefit to it is why they did that too, which like my phone has two batteries, but it's because they split them between both sides. Yeah. We're at the limits of my knowledge on this phone that I care little about, but I get it. No, I understand. (laughs) But, um, I get what your concept is. My, my understanding was that this, uh, Something to do with the battery configuration actually reduces the lifespan of the phone because basically it's the same way you write to a disk. The more times you write to a disk or storage, the the more uh, it deteriorates because you're constantly overwriting itself. And the way batteries work is if you fill it up and then drain it back down and then fill it up and drain it back down, the more times you do that, it reduces the lifespan of the battery. Right. Yeah, the and, cycles. Yeah, the cycles. Yeah. Right. So... I've heard that this phone is expected to have a shorter lifespan than a comparable phone with one battery because of 
how they're choosing to charge it. And I don't, mm. do you want to speculate, David? I heard that what they're doing yeah. is they're actually bypass, like, so like, let's say, you know, when you plug in your phone and you use it, it mm-hmm. gets hot and stuff because the batteries are charging. And if they get, you know, if it gets to a hundred and you're still plugged in, I mean, everything is just working over time. But on the ROG phone, when you plug it in and the batteries are at a hundred, it mm-hmm. bypasses the batteries. Yeah. And oh. just, just keeps the phone going through the power and doesn't use the batteries. That's cool. Yeah. And I think uh, there's even in a, in the settings menu, you can tell it like, Hey, go into bypass mode. Like even if you're at 40% or whatever. Right. Just, that is so cool. Just run right off the wall. I thought that was really smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like, I mean, you're you said cycles that's just more power going to the battery to go down so you're just wasting mm-hmm. the battery lifespan but interesting that is cool but i was looking to try to see if there was like a terabyte phone or something out there and mm-hmm. i'm sure there is but like i didn't find it well a lot of phones have external storage mm-hmm. and i i don't know of any that goes above a terabyte so you'd have like your yes. phone's native storage you could plug in another so you could have a terabyte and a half uh, there's another podcast we break down yeah. what's a terabyte uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think i don't think any of us here have a phone that actually takes an sd card though i'm pretty sure the pixels do don't they uh, oh no i don't think it's only a sim card slot i don't I haven't yeah. checked oh and they got rid of it on this iteration here hmm. like samsung's been getting rid of it on their Man, phones and they're cheap I, I believe me my i had the note 10 last time and it still had it had the dual slot where you have a sim card slot and your mm-hmm. sd card slot which was cool i would say that it was because they're trying to make their phones waterproof but in reality they have the sim card slot so yep there's a like in that they combine the whole slot so like the slots like that long and so when you pull it out it just pulls out like your sim card and an sd card oh and they're then stacked. some some phones have multiple sim cards yes. so yeah. then you have like three or four <laughs> you're like, ah! it's like you're just <laughs> pulling the spine out of your phone so you guys made me think of this we're talking about this and we can move on from phones after this because when we talk about that a lot but um they're saying that there's a, a large possibility that maybe not this iteration but the next iteration of the iphone is going to go portless gross i know don't you think like i'm like so I'm not a huge fan of that because no. i have a feeling they're the, the only way they're going to do data transfer is they're just either going to say use the cloud or airdrop yeah and it's become, it's going to become this proprietary thing where even if if you have a windows computer and you're wanting to do anything with your phone that you won't be able to i don't i think they have such a big market share i don't think they would cannibalize themselves like that people i just it's been a rumor for a long time I'm not saying that this is 100 percent true but everybody's like the next thing that they want so badly is a portless phone yeah i mean i like the idea of a portless phone like in, in concept if if data transfer and in, in passive uh, cooling and power and all that was on par, but right at this point, it's still really it's far, far behind. Out. Yeah, because yeah. there's like I think the highest charging I've seen now is there's a phone out there that charges at 65 watts, mm. which is insane, um, for real. And so, but there's um, I know that so like in well, comparison, yeah. What what else? Yeah, would do 65 watts. Um, I'm trying to think like at, at 65 Watts, you're almost looking at, you know, I mean like a, I think, a what's, a, a, what's like laptop battery or a charger, or whatever can be no bigger than like a hundred Watts. What is this? Um, cause there's like travel <laughs> bands or specifics. Uh, it's on there. <laughs> it's a, is that for your laptop? It's in mo- it's in another language. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's mostly. Thank not. you, Dell. <laughs> HP. Oh, well, yeah, that's even worse. Uh, not a hp fan oh there it is output levels 
Yeah, uh, I, I don't enjoy this push to like wireless because that there's so much like interference that comes along with it. When okay. You have cables. It's you true. Know, it is a it. quarter of this huge brick. And this yeah. like two of, I mean, it's like it's two. massive. So this is 200 watts. Okay. Output. Okay. So you're yeah. saying 65 watts. I mean, that's still that is a charging brick like maybe three times what you would normally get with your phone like the little ones so that is what i break that's your laptop <laughs> he tristan's just breaking stuff tonight that's yeah, that's the work laptop yeah uh, it's company property <laughs> it is on camera they, uh, <laughs> they don't watch it uh but it's it's impressive though to think that you're shoving 65 watts through your phone which usually mm. we're talking like what is it like 12 to 15 Mm -hmm. He's like on the right. low side. Well, I think 45 is the max on mine. Like, well, I yeah. mean, with like laptops, the battery in the laptops usually takes up the entire underneath of the yeah, keyboard. They're huge. So that battery, I would say is probably eight to 10 times larger than the battery in your phone. And yet the out charging output is only a quarter. So it's like you are, your phone would be getting a full charge in 10 minutes or so. Like just something yep. crazy fast. And that's what they're trying to do. I mean, but the scary part about that is like it has to have things built into it. Because what do we all do at night? What's the first thing you do before you lay down? You're like... Memes. Well, okay. Sorry. After the memes, yeah. you plug your phone in or you set it on the charger. Mm -hmm. And if it's not intelligently monitoring that and watching it, then it's just like, I'm just going to blow your phone out every night because it charges in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the Linus Tech Tips video on the ROG phone, and he was talking about how, like, the, the fast shameless charging. Shameless plug. Yeah, fast, shameless Every plug. Every episode. Every episode. He really needs it. Yeah. He, he's he's struggling there. He <laughs> invested, like, in the GameStop stock, and he just made Dude, it went back, <laughs> it went back up. Oh, Come my gosh. On. Oh, God. Um, but he was saying uh, fast charging, uh, at least the technology that we have in like modern phones, uh, it, it's not good for the battery's health over the long run yeah. to do it over and over and over. It's better to let it slowly sip and charge up. And uh, I'm that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I don't want to ruin, like I'll just, I'm going to bed for like six hours. I, yeah. I can wait. <laughs> as long as you can give yeah. me like a good solid like 10 hours in a day mm -hmm. of on time and not screen on time, but just specifically idle, just on, um, then that's fine. Like, Charge for eight hours. It doesn't bother me. You can get smart plugs and set them like you'd plug it into the wall and then you would mm -hmm. plug your thing in there. And I know it sounds unnecessary whenever you could just wait till the morning, but like you could get your whole house automated. So anything that requires like battery charging would only be during a certain portion of time yeah mm -hmm. and if you have large power draws like refrigerate well you you'd want your refrigerator always you want better. that on yeah but uh um, hey, is your refrigerator running <laughs> there go, there go <laughs> get <Gotcha>. it. <laughs> uh, washer machines uh and dryers so they have such a large power draw if you put a smart plug in there instead mm -hmm. of constantly running power to it uh it would only kick on whenever a power draw is running to the machine right. and any other time it would actually cut off the the power going through it so you could do that same idea yeah with a 65 watt phone charger or or anything similar and yeah. it would only send current to your phone whenever it needs it whenever it's actually going up you want to come to your house next month and you're going to have christmas tree timers on every single wall <laughs> <Everyone>, yeah <laughs> maybe i mean hey saves a buck i suppose i'm just going to start getting in the habit of 
leaving it on because I can make it probably through a full day and it might get real close mm -hmm. at night and then I'll just let it sit because phones are usually smart enough now that once you set it down at night, it'll just like trickle itself. Yeah. 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 And I, I can plug it in in the morning because like I said, my highest input is 45 watts um, and it came with that charger. And mm -hmm. so, if I plug it in, it'll be done like 30 to 45 minutes. So, if I just let it charge in the morning during my routine, then it would probably be a lot more efficient, but you know. Yeah. It's getting a habit out of you. I mean, think about yeah. how long we've been using phones and you're like, at night, the first thing, oh God, I gotta plug it in. Dude, if we don't change subjects, we're gonna have to call this the phone podcast. I know, come on, okay. It, um, uh, David, David, pick another, yeah. you pick the next one. Well, I put a couple on here. Okay, that's fine, um, pick one of yours. Pick, so pick, we talked pick. about AI, a couple, was it last podcast, two podcasts yeah, ago? Something scary, uh, Cole's crapping his pants about AI. That's scary. He's Old man. Of it. Uh, I'm scared. There's a new, Skynet. <laughs> did we ever talk talk about deep fakes? Because deep fakes Ooh, no. leads into what? What? I, uh, I don't think we've mind. we haven't talked about. I it don't at all. think we've brought up deep fakes. But um, yeah, you want to talk about deep fakes? So deep fakes, since we're it's really relevant to us because we do a lot of things with videos, and if we the idea we're behind a deep fake. <laughs> What? We're doing it now. Right now. We're on video right now. Look, you're there. Now Tristan. We're going to confuse people on what a deep fake is. Yeah. <laughs> so a deep fake, the original idea was you don't have the actor uh, on set, but you have someone that looks close enough or just a person. Mm -hmm. And you go in and use AI to replace their face on top of that. Mm -hmm. actor to, so you can make me look like i don't know like bruce willis or somebody else <laughs> yeah and like it, it doesn't matter like how different i look from him it's better if you look similar to yes bruce, yeah if you want bruce a realistic willis. look it has to be pretty close to yeah. get but you could still make it passable oh yeah. yeah and it would definitely look like it'd be all animated look like he's saying what i'm saying and it it just the ai understands after you train it to replace my face with his yeah and that's been it's something crazy. that's like exploded on the internet for a couple of years i think tristan was one of the first people to tell me about it i love all of this stuff oh, uh, i great. love the idea of it because when it first came out you have all the naysayers and they're like oh it, it's scary they're going to make obama say bad things and <laughs> trump and you know all the election stuff that comes with that yeah it uh, was about all about the same time wasn't it yeah. when it started to get bigger it was yeah, but to so. me it's not it's not scary because i've seen vfx work before um one of the least offensive examples i could think of is there's <laughs> out in utah there's the arches uh state park and somebody did a vfx shot of an explosion blowing up one of the arches and everybody <laughs> lost their mind because they're like they're destroying national property and they went out and it turns out it was just a big joke like it was all vfx it was all fake so when people That's say fantastic people are going to replace their faces in videos and make other people say things that are lies and all that's like mm. maybe but Honestly, if you wanted to do that before deepfakes, you could have. Yeah, and for just, sure. It would have been time consuming. So the reason I think deepfakes are cool is because anybody could look like anything. And why is that important? Because if you're a great actor, but you don't have the face for Hollywood, now <laughs> you there's <win>. actually a <laughs> chance. You win. There's actually a chance. If you're a great voice actor and maybe you just don't have that look, you can look like something else. You can be something else. And I just, I see all of these like creative ways of using it. Uh, not just like to tell a story, but to use it to 
to extend the capabilities of what we're able to present. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were the first main ideas that came to mind. And I, I didn't take notes on this because I didn't know we were going to talk about it. But there was, there was a list of other things that I think deepfakes are going to be really cool for. Um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of creative uses. However, uh, one of those creative uses you sent to me recently. Yeah. And it's just a fun little app on yeah. your phone. Tell me about that fun app. So the, the app is called Wombo. I don't know why they call it that. It's Wombo AI. And uh. it's a lip sync generator where it's, they took somebody uh, performing like a lip sync to a song and they had a computer like analyze their face and everything. And then you can give it somebody else's face and it replaces that in the video. And you can like get videos of like Putin dancing to like, I don't know, Lady Gaga song and singing it mm-hmm. and like him just being super expressive and it looks really good. It does. It looks stupidly good for like what it is. It's only like a 10 second clip. Yeah. It's a free, like it's a free cool. app. Somebody throws out yeah. there and it, it's amazing what they can turn around. So just a quick breakdown. Cause we talked about uh deep fakes and, but we didn't really go into the, the quick little explanation of how it works it's not movie magic you don't click a button nothing in vfx world is a click a button and it just works yeah with the exception of the 10 second thing you're talking about like an app but in those cases it's not realistic you can tell it's fake it's like snapchat filters you know i mean it's Mm -hmm. like they get i mean they're they're very good at tracking your face and the way that it moves i mean you can down to a tongue coming out or blinking that that almost kind of goes into the same realm as like the um the, what, is it Memoji? Is that what they call it on the iPhone? Yeah. 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 Where you look like a dog or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And like the tracking is phenomenal, mm-hmm. but it's also very cartoony and you know, you so, can tell. The way Sorry. it works requires tens of hundreds of hours to do. Yes. And what you do is you find a bunch of pictures of somebody online from a lot of angles and a lot of lighting. Mm-hmm. And then you take all of these images and you give it to this AI, to this piece of software and you hit run. And it takes all of these photos and these iterations of mm, <laughs> David Baker, David Baker's face. I got a yeah. ton of photos of David. Oh man, I got a ton I got too. a too video photos. footage That's of weird. David and we've broken down how frame rates work. If you have 24 frames per second and that's what you shoot on your camera, that's 24 pictures in a second. So you could take a movie and every second you're getting roughly 24, depending on the movie, uh, every second of David Baker in a movie, we're getting frames of his face and his angles. And we give it all to this computer and it looks at all of them. And then it looks at this pic, uh, footage I have of Cole and it takes David's face. And it, every time Cole turns his face, it's like, well, it looks really close to this one of David. And it takes that angle of David and puts it on his face and another angle, another angle. And after 10 plus hours, you have something that looks kind of cool, kind of weird. The face is a little glitchy. After a hundred hours, it starts to look really realistic and it starts to like, starts to fill in all those spaces, but like mm-hmm. he'll have like one big tooth in the middle. So it's like a little <laughs> weird, a little glitchy. It's close. <laughs> Every once in a while, his lazy eye will go off to the side or he'll um, have these dead looking eyes. And that's one of the biggest tells for a, a, a deep fake is if the, the eyes, eyes just, they just look dead. If you run it for a couple, a uh, couple hundred hours to a thousand plus, Mm-hmm. run it over a weekend over a couple weeks or whatever then you get some crazy looking results because it just starts to look so beautiful yeah. so pretty and so cool because these things start to look realistic and it's like oh you start to scratch your head if you look at these long enough you look at other people in real life and you're like 
that looks weird. Something's off. And you look at real people and then your brain's constantly trying to figure out now that you've, uh, it's like the matrix. Once you're aware of it, you're constantly <laughs> scanning. You're like, is that real? Is that fake? And you see real people's faces and it's like, I'm, I'm a little thrown off now. Uh, um, another channel that's relatively small and needs some support, Corridor Digital. They did a great, <laughs> uh, they did a great recreation of one of the shots in the Mandalorian because they, oh, yeah. they wanted to, because they, there was a character that showed up in it that mm-hmm. they that was CGI'd in there, and they felt that they could do better, and so they did that. And they walked through the whole process, and you could see uh, the uh, the deep fake process that they did, and you could see the really crappy mm-hmm. <laughs> deep fakes that the computer was generating as it was learning to make it, <laughs> and it would just be the actor's face like, yeah, like, oh like a gosh, nightmare, it's horrible. Yeah, it's it a little a sketch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Cruise seems to be like the guy that they've done the most of. Like, I just mean in general. Like, there was this huge thing that just broke out recently because somebody started a TikTok channel and it was just all Tom Cruise videos, whether he was like playing golf or whatever. They were very well done, um, like very well done uh, deep fakes. Mm -hmm. Like, they were good. Yeah. And it was impressive. And people were mad as ever. They were like... Oh, you can't do that because people thought it was legitimate, mm-hmm. legitimately Tom Cruise, and I'm like, you know, yeah, you got to look for the tales, like what Tristan's been talking about. Like, it's not hard to tell because yeah. every once in a while, even within like a ten to thirty second clip, something on the face doesn't move mm-hmm. right, and yeah. and that's where you start to get. And I was talking about like, there's other ways that this could be used in a creative means that's like productive and, and makes streamlined processes, whatever. Uh, there's two creators. We've talked about them before when we talked about EB synth, that was a piece mm-hmm. of software that's essentially deep fake. But, uh, these two creators, uh, Joel Harver, Haver, I think it's Haver, Joel Haver and Jalix from Brazil are two people where they take that same software, but instead of taking a real face of a person, uh, they take a face and then they use like uh, coloring software like Microsoft Paint or something like that and they'll take the face and then they'll just draw some lines here and then they'll go into Photoshop and like touch it up so it looks like they have a scar on their face and then maybe maybe they're missing a tooth so they'll remove a tooth and then they'll add like something on the clothes like a maybe like a lightning bolt and then they take that AI software that normally would be used to replace the face and now every shot of them has a missing tooth a scar on their face and a lightning bolt instead of taking 10 hours of production setup to make sure that everything's practical. You can do something much quicker and let it run over the weekend. You come back in, you check on, it's like, oh, it looks pretty good. Or, oh, this one looks bad and you, you tweak it a little bit. And then you, that whole time you're able to run off and do other shoots. Um, maybe you only have an actor for a day and now, oh, we don't have time to spend like two hours in uh, pre-production of like getting the makeup and all this or the costume design. And these the little things that you can tweak and post. Maybe somebody has a blemish on their face. Well, now we can remove the blemish and you don't have to cover it up in makeup necessarily. Because even though I think if you can do it in practical, it's always better. Sometimes you don't have time for practical. Sometimes the practical actually hinders the performance more because now this actor has like all this either makeup or uh, prosthetics, prosthetics, (laughs) monster masks or whatever. Um, Imagine if Snape, you know, (laughs) didn't have to like have makeup covering his nose. He could have just done his performance. He probably could have breathed a lot either easier. He could have talked or whatever. Um, I just, I love this concept of like using technology to... Mm-hmm. make things simpler or or allow 
independent people to come up with really creative solutions without being expensive anymore. You don't yeah. need a VFX department. You don't need a uh, prosthetic. What is that? Uh, uh, cosmetics and you don't need makeup departments. You don't yeah, need costume designer. designs. Yeah. You can have those and it makes it so much better. You see that with the Mandalorian, but yeah, now people with very little budgets like Jalix and Joel Haver with like two of their buddies and a weekend of free time can make something over the course of a couple of weeks that looks just as good or, or corridor digital, you know, they can make something that looks just as good as what Hollywood produces in over the course of six plus months. And that's so cool to me. Oh, it's super impressive. <laughs> I mean, it is cool to think that even a, like, even if it was us, right, we could, we could create a world and do things visually that mm. in a I, world. we I couldn't love do that. The idea of creating a world. And right mm. now we're doing that in mm. Valheim. Yeah. However, oh, however, <laughs> we're also, uh, I was talking to David, he was talking about how Pixar created their whole world and uh, going down that. So we got yeah. two rabbit holes. David gets to pick. Ooh. I feel like as efficiency manager, it's my responsibility to handle the Valheim problem. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he coins it as a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it a, problem a problem yet. Problem. Yeah, I, I actually, I think I need to step away from the mic real quick so yeah. I can go check on my Valheim. <laughs> Gotta go check on my Bad village. Piece. So, we've now said Valheim like eight times. So, mm -hmm. um, what's a Valheim? What is Valheim? Is that a camera? It could be. It's the we Valheim 5000. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what, what type of game is that? It's it, not an um, MMO, is it? It's a survival RPG. Would it be an RPG? Okay, so I sent you a video. Uh, I sent it to both of you, I think. No one And it explains it. <laughs> how personality dictates what games you're interested in. And then they break down all the games. And this isn't like mumbo jumbo fake science. Like this is a 140,000 gamers were polled. And then they were also polled oh. on the big five, which is in psychology, like the, the main five personality traits that most psychologists use to measure their personality. Yeah. And it breaks down all the games. So the cool thing about Valheim, I was breaking it down with like all the styles of games. Valheim is every game. Valheim mm. is an adventure. It is a competitive. It is a creative. It is an exploration. Everything that you could want in a game okay. is in Valheim. And I think that's what brings its appeal. But I want I want David. What is Valheim? Except for an FPS. You, it's you, definitely not an FPS. Well, <laughs> FPS isn't actually a... a uh, it's a genre of game, but it is not a style of game. Gotcha. Most FPSs are considered um, competitives. Gotcha. I did or, not know that. Or power. Power is another genre of game or another uh, core value of a game. They're called, uh, they're called motivations. So when you play a game, it could be any game, but your motivation for playing it is likely similar. I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. But David is the one that introduced us yeah, to this great game. Yeah, David. I, what is that Valheim? such a mistake. Is oh, it was a huge mistake. I responsibility for like helping you guys get things done. I should have been like, hey, come play this game. We're taking responsibility for our at-home relationships. That's what you're doing. Into the first week of playing it. I need you to come um, explain to my wife while I'm spending so much more time on the computer. <laughs> That's what I need you to do. It's with the company, guys, honey. <laughs> it's, it's for the, it's the greater good. We're, titch, we're Twitch streaming, okay? We're making money. Is it? Are we streaming still? I, I did it once uh, just for fun. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to see what it's like. Yeah. But anyways, right. what is it, David? What is, is it? What is it? What is Valheim? About it for too long. 
It's a game based in like North mythology. Vikings. Wow, this is a great explanation. Yeah, well, that's where the name Valheim no, comes from. I'm messing Valheim. with you. Don't, don't sass me, boy. I'll sass you. A sassy man. Sass. Sash of my You got seven minutes till we we're done. So yeah, right, come on, bro. It. You're dropped into a world because Odin wants you to fight some people, some big bosses, okay. and you don't know anything from your past life. Apparently, you're like a big old warrior, dude. Uh, okay, just technicality. Valheim is purgatory for Vikings, so oh. you're not in heaven, but you're not alive. You're not. Okay. Oh shoot. Okay. Kind of sucks. Then. I did not know that. You're yeah. earning your like value to the gods. Well. That's why we have to... Everybody. That makes it seem not as fun to do. Um, <laughs> it's just the backing of it, okay? So it's a Viking game. There you, you can, go. You can chop down trees. You can uh, then use the That's wood. Che- tree chopping. Tree, tre- 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 tree chopper. Tree, tree chopping. You, you can be a lumberjack. You can become a, your true Canadian. Um, <laughs> all, all, the, all the Canadian bros. That's okay. F's in the chat. We love you. F's in the chat. <laughs> and, uh, you can build houses, you can make farms, and the idea is that you get more resources to fight the the people in va- the world of Valheim to become stronger, and to find more resources to become stronger. But, like, you don't have to do that. You can just sit around and make a piggy farm. And yeah. You can have way too many pigs, which somebody might have done. <laughs> I or grow carrots. love <laughs> pig farms. Uh, do you? I really wish you guys had the chance to watch that video ahead of time, because it had been really cool to come to this conversation with what your motives are for playing this game. Because this game, Valheim, mm-hmm. this purgatory for Vikings, has an aspect that nearly every person that plays video games would look for you're like mm-hmm. I, I don't i have yet to meet a person that's played the game is like yeah it's terrible uh but I'm, I'm sure depending on who you play with and how you play the game will will severely change it for me i like going into the game and uh i like the survival aspect but i like mm. the utilitarian it's like i made a pig farm and i made carrots and yeah. i'm building a city and a village and like this this like uh materialistic capitalistic instincts of me are like <laughs> build 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 bigger bigger trade more, more. commerce and all these things <laughs> and, and i love the competitive aspect of this versus like I, I play a lot of like FPS, which has a competitive and a power advantage and, and Warcraft has like ranked PVP. So you play against other people, like all those aspects, I can take that and bring this in this game. It's like, oh, his village is better than mine. I'm going to make mine bigger or better, or I'm going to like have the best <laughs> weapons though. or whatever. And, and other people, you know, you come into this from chess and you're like, what is the best strategy? Like, how can I, how can I outplay my enemy or what, like, there's these like little things that people go into a game for and sometimes you just play a game for the hell of it it's just fun mm-hmm. and yes i i mean you know some of it's kind of like a, a escapism you know mm-hmm. you're like yeah you know and it's not that i'm trying to you know again I'm not escaping from the big bad world but it's like it's interesting to be able to like go on and play and i like the social aspect of it yeah that we can get on together we talk mm-hmm. we have conversations and it's like oh like come look at my house or like check this out or like you know, they taught me how to build a fireplace because my house kept getting filled up with smoke from the fire. Cause <laughs> it's it's like, very primitive, obviously, because it's Viking chimney, times. brother. And he's like, build a chimney. I don't know about building a chimney. So I built the biggest chimney in the land. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a pretty big chimney. It's yeah. a four fire yeah. chimney. So that's a, that's a big chimney. So that's, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not super into the mumbo jumbo of like, 
your personality is decided and that's mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that there is a fair balance between nurture and nature. Mm -hmm. And it is funny to see things that you did or played as a kid carry over throughout your life. And you can know, you'll like, if you pay attention to it, you'll notice these little trends of, I remember doing something like that when I was a kid. For example, mm -hmm. when I was a child, <laughs> I had a mother and a sister and we all lived together in a big happy family and they liked to play with barbie dolls and i did not play with the barbie dolls but surprises me i we had all the barbie houses and the barbie furniture <laughs> and i loved taking that stuff and using it with my lincoln logs and the big carpet that has a city on it with all the roads oh, and your hot wheels everybody knows what i'm talking about because everybody had it or they went to a doctor or a dentist office and they had it on the floor yeah so it existed i love taking that and like taking all these little elements of this and like building a village and houses and i i spent so much time with that and then legos and you just incorporate all these things and now it's like now there's a video game where i can do that virtually and my creative creativity is not limited any more or less than when I was like four years old or five or seven or eight or whatever. I mean, we, we lived at the house until I was probably about 10. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's so cool that you like these little things that you did as a kid can still carry over. And I, I don't know that the game just has that spark of like, I feel like a kid again. <laughs> and that's cool. <laughs> I get it. I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> But it, before we're done, mm -hmm. um, Tristan had mentioned um, Pixar. Oh, yeah. And so, um, I'm not actually going to go into it. Um, there's a documentary of Pixar and how it got started and kind of the, the backstory, um, which there's more to it than just Steve Jobs. Um, it's, which I didn't even know Steve Jobs was a part of it. Well, that's like, just from watching some yeah. of the Steve Jobs stuff. But yeah. Um, we are all, I have watched it and so has David, but we're all going to watch it and we are, are working on a new series. So this is oh, the official announcement. Yeah. Um, we are working on a new series where we are going to watch things like the Pixar documentary or a movie or maybe um, a TV show episode or maybe a whole series. And then we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about some of the attributes and you know maybe a pros and cons type of thing or whatever we feel about it. We're all going to take notes and we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about it. Um, and we're going to, of course, make it as fun and entertaining as we can. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to do something new and give you guys some more content uh, and just kind of have fun. I mean, the, we are in this to make videos and because we all have experience with a camera, um, you know, you, when you watch a movie differently, um, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like if you manufacture a car, you're going to think about it differently when you go purchase one because mm -hmm. you understand, you know, the inner workings of it. Yeah. So we think that we have something to bring to the table, um, with our knowledge base and we would love to be able to share that. And I want to ruin movies for you. Yeah. And I'm married now <laughs> and I've infected my wife's mind with over analysis of movies. I'm like, Oh, that's a really cool shot. Nice depth of field. Oh, why, why would they frame like that? That lighting's nice. The music's getting a little dramatic. What was like all these little things that I would point out while watching it. And now we'll watch yeah. TV shows, whether it's real live action, whether it's anime, whether it's a cartoon, doesn't matter. We'll point out these little things and now she does it. Oh yeah. Uh, I've got some ideas for this. There's some movies and a Pixar movie. That yeah. Something pretty awesome, but I'm not going to spoil it. We got some goodies coming yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I, I wanted to plug that before we were done. Um, uh, and, and you guys just made me think about this. Do you, do you guys, uh, what movie was it that came out that was supposed 
supposed to be like an all one shot World War Two movie. All one shot? Yeah. Uh, was that like 1912? No, sorry. It would have been... Wasn't it like it was a year, wasn't it? Yeah, World it was like War? 1911 or something like that. I don't know what it was. 1907. I don't know what the name. Yeah, was. I don't know. But I don't think either of the World Wars were in 19. I was gonna say that doesn't make sense either. That doesn't fit the. It's the. But I thought it was the twenties. Twenties and the forties would have been World Wars. Ooh, it might. I don't know. See if you can find Archduke it. Archduke Ferdinand. Archduke. 1917. Yeah. Uh, isn't that that should be a? Isn't World War One Archduke Ferdinand getting That's shot? World War One. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my bad. But anyway, so that was that was supposed to be that was huge. People were talking about it a ton because it won a lot of awards, and so we waited, watched it at home. Um, but it was supposed to be a one shot experience. Mm-hmm. But I was watching this movie, uh, and it, I would be going, "That's a cut. That's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a swipe a, cut. That's a wipe cut. That's a pan. Yep. That's a." And, and she was just like. And normally she's the one who talks during a movie and she was just sitting there and she's like, okay, I get it. And now it's the same way, right? Audrey, yeah. It's just like your wife should be like, oh, 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 I just saw that. Do you see that? Well, I think like part of like there's, it's, it's part of maturing. You see this with everybody for the most part, as they learn more about a subject, they get to the part of, uh, I think Neil deGrasse talk, Tyson talks about this. Uh, and I'm going to butcher the, the quote. It's something to the effect of like it, there, people that don't know enough are ignorant and and then they learn a little bit and then they become arrogant and they feel like they know everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then until they get past that, that's whenever they actually become an expert in something because I used to do it where I would like critique it and I'm like, they're stupid. Like, <laughs> ah, ah. And, but now I look at it and it's just like either admiration for how creative yes. it was or I'm learning to find other ways to do it or I'm like, I'm trying to pick it apart so that I can better grow myself. Yeah. But I remember like when I first started figuring out filmmaker, I was like, ah, this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love to know the techniques. It, it makes me happy to be able to go like, oh, I know what they did there. And that was very creative. You're like, hey, good for you. I am. It's impressive. I'm looking through here real quick. We got, we're a little, we're not over or anything, but I just want to see if there's anything. uh, While you're doing that, I was going to say there is, um, uh, with the Neil deGrasse Tyson quote, that effect has been studied and I forget what it's called. I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't find it. But uh, it's the. Save it for next time. (laughs) (laughs) We just uh, cut. Yeah, and we're we're done here. Bye. (laughs) Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So next time there are a couple things that I do want to talk about, and one of those was about limiting game time in Val. Uh, I don't want to talk about I don't, it. Uh, fine, whatever. We, was, we was, won't limit it. But <laughs> next time, next time we'll uh, we'll talk about some DJI PV, POV drones, some FPV drones. And as we roll out, David, give us some nice click clacks on that beautiful new keyboard you got. Lift it Ooh, up for yeah. the camera. Not too loud. Just enough to to complement this outro music Show we em. got. Show them that. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that's a nice vibe. I like how it goes together with the music. It's like you're on beat or something. Wow! <laughs> and that's the show. Peace! <laughs>